The Money Show. Shapeshifters. Before we get to tonight's Shapeshifter, quick quiz question for you. What do Chris Yelland and Eskom have in common? They share something. Uh, a deep knowledge of electricity, energy, um, ele- energy provision. Um, they may share ideas on how to solve the problem. Uh, it's warmer and fuzzier than that. They share a birthday. ESCOM's 100th birthday today, Chris Yellen's <laughs> birthday today. Yes, that was deliberate. Um, Chris Yellen shares a birthday with ESCOM. My favourite meme of the day came from Outer, and it was all of the ingredients of a birthday cake laid out on a counter, and Outer saying, we would have loved to have sent you a birthday cake, but we got load shed. So terribly sorry. You're not getting one. That was the little highlight of today. But happy birthday also to Chris Yellen today. Uh, a 21-year-old RMB veteran is Emery Brown. Emery Brown, the newish chief executive of RMB, Rand Merchant Bank, took over on the 1st of October 2022. Have you got your feet firmly under the desk now, Emery? I mean, you are part of the furniture after all, but has the, the move to the CEO's office been a, a big step, a big step change in your life? Um, yeah, good evening, Bruce, and, and thanks for having me on your show. Um, yeah, indeed. I mean, it's now um, six months in, and um, I think that uh, taking on a role like this, things change so quickly, it feels like I've been in the seat for much longer. So, yeah, it's we with feet, feet under, under, the, under the table and really engaging with, with uh, my team, with the broader business, so enjoying every day. Was it your goal? I mean, is it something that you've been angling for for a long period of time, positioning yourself, preparing for the role of, of CEO? Um, no, definitely not. You know, when I started in this industry, um, as you say, I actually started in the industry in 97. I thought this is a career that one has for about five years and then you go on and do something different. Um, I joined RMB in 2001. And, you know, even at, at RMB, my approach was always to try and do different things. So I did, did different, um, worked in different areas in the bank every four to five years. I actually even stay, lived in Cape Town for, for seven years. And for me, it was always, um, you know, where are you at the moment? Are you loving what you do? And if you do, you know, give it your best and, and the future will look after itself. So I um, definitely didn't have my eye on the corner office. And, um, you know, just just thought that things will happen the way they do. You know, life is unpredictable. And I say to a lot of the young people at RMB, don't look too far into the future. I think the last couple of years with COVID has once again proven that, that the future is uncertain. So if you set your sight too firmly on a future role, you are setting yourself up for disappointment. Rather take it a day at a time, enjoy what you do, do your best and um if you are fortunate enough, and that's actually what you want, you will end up where I am today. Uh, is it all it's cut out to be? I mean, is it cool being CEO? Is it, uh, is it what you imagined it would be? Um, I, I would say overall, um, some parts yes, some parts no. So I, um, I think the part that I enjoy is really just the exposure to the broad organization. And I knew that I would um, enjoy that part of the of, of the role. Um, the reason that I've often or I changed roles continuously in the bank is that 
I like to be challenged. I like to learn about new um, parts of the business. And, and, you know, this role has once again offered me that opportunity. Um, I think people, I find that maybe it's just because it's early days, everyone is incredibly friendly towards <laughs> you, um, which is quite fun. And people know where you are. So you, when you bump into them, you can have a nice conversation with them. I think the, the part that I miss about my previous roles is, I mean, my career, I'm a deal maker at heart, so I dealt a lot with clients. I found solutions for clients' problems and I implemented those transactions. And, you know, as you move up in the organization, you do less of that, you get less exposure to it. So that's the part of, of what I used to do that I miss the most in this business, because I believe it's important as a CEO to, you know, look after your people and they will look after the clients and, and the business. So I really go out of my way to give people the room um, and, and empower them to, to run their businesses. So that means that I need to deal with things that um, I suppose CEOs are supposed to do, deal with share, stay other stakeholders rather than um, just doing transactions. The part the that I do enjoy is I think that, you know, clients do value meeting the CEO. So through that, I am being exposed to a broader set of clients in the bank. Are you, I mean, are you tempted ever to sort of step into a room? You know a deal is going down and it's in one of those plush meeting rooms in, in at RMB. Do you sort of, you, you get tempted to stick your nose in and say, you know, just do it this way and it'll all be fine? Um, or, or are you able to hold back? Are you able to restrain yourself from intervening and interfering? Bruce, you should come and visit us again uh, at RMB. Those carpets are no longer as plush as they used to be. Are they threadbare um, and worn with the, uh, <laughs> the tears? No, the modern look is not plush carpets. That was in the oh. olden days. Yes, it's a long time. When you and I were still young. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, the, the, the temptation is there. I think what's still great, you know, people will still approach me um, that I've known for a long time to, to discuss some challenges and I try and give some advice. But um, I, I am tempted to find the solutions. I think the nice thing is when you get involved in, in credit committees or conversations, you can give great guidance to the yeah. youngsters and, you know, people that are up and coming and, and try and rather, you know, see see what they can come up with themselves and, and give some pointers to to try and rather empower them to come up with the, the right solutions. But it is hard. Where did you grow up? Where, 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 where were you born? I grew up in Pretoria. So, yeah, yeah I've, uh, I'm the youngest of, of four and, um, you know, my, my father worked for what was then the railway. So I went to a public school and I always say to people, when I grew up, uh, Mauritius was an island and not a holiday destination. <laughs> it's it's a big change in the in the in the way of the world. I mean, did uh, how did you get from from that public school into university to get you into a position where you could join the bank like RMB? I mean, it's not a place that um, takes just anybody in. Um, it, it's a very significant. They've got a very significant process of uh, selecting talent. Yes. Um, no, it is indeed. Uh a world that is not very or wasn't well known in, in Pretoria. Um, I think that those days most people either worked for um, the city council or yeah. lots of manufacturing businesses. Um, those days, you know, there were also not as many degrees as you find these days. So you were either probably became a chartered accountant or a, or a doctor. Um, I kind of liked accounting and, and math, so I decided to go the, the chartered accountant route. Um, and, you know, I, um, I was, I've been blessed with 
a fair amount of, of, of brain cells. So I was uh, fortunate to come second in the board exam when I wrote it in 92. And, you know, I really believe that um, uh, coming from my background, that was really what opened the door for bad. me in my... Pardon? It's not bad. Who came first? Is the person who came first also no, no, well no, known? No, another woman. Can you believe it? Even then, the women were doing me? incredibly well. That's fabulous. Um, yeah, and and you've and you've done, and you've used it for for the greater good. Did you work anywhere else other than RMB? I'm trying to do the maths, but your maths will be better than mine. Uh, once you uh, you qualified, you would have gone, I suppose, into the articles route. Uh, you joined RMB was it twenty? Did I say twenty six years ago? Uh, twenty one years ago. Um, so you, you you've been at RMB for a while. What was your other work experience? Um, yeah, I um, actually after. My articles, I stayed on for a year um, as, as uh, going into the tax department at one of the audit firms. I then um, decided to lecture, which I did for a year. And um, in, in 1997, I actually started my career at NetBank Investment Bank. So, okay, so you um, went I've NetBank. been in the banking industry yeah. for a long time. Nedbank, so Nedbank first and then moved across the road. Well, you didn't need a map, I suppose. You could, you could easily find, uh, find, find the office. Um, and who was running the bank at that time? Who was running RMB at the time? Was it still Laurie or had he passed it on to Mike no. Pfaff at that point? Who was, who was yes. in charge? It, it, was, uh, it was at the start of Mike Pfaff's uh, tenets. So it was really when we moved into uh, the era of professional managers. It, it's an it's, it's an astonishing business and an astonishing legacy RMB has got in terms of the businesses it funded and the startups that it helped spawn. I mean, momentum wouldn't be momentum today without RMB. Um, outsurance wouldn't exist. Discovery probably wouldn't exist, or it may exist in a very different form um, that it does today. Those were the sort of the, the heyday, I suppose, of creating enterprises uh, and funding them out of RMB. Are those days gone? Or, or do you sort of have dreams of doing similar things, creating sort of the startup culture that RMB used to have? Yeah, I think, um, you know, Bruce, it's, uh, uh, um, we're still fortunate with some of those uh, businesses being some of our clients. And um, actually last week, um, you know, at, at, uh, met, uh, at a dinner with, with Outsurance that we've been banking for 25 years. And um, it was actually, you know, just, wonderful to to see how far those businesses have come um i do believe that you know the a lot of the the uh, investment or startup decisions of new businesses these days fit you know even into the realm of the broader first round group but i do think where we find ourselves now in 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 financial services you know it's broader than banking these days uh, and all the disruption that takes place that that the time is here once again to see how one can actually um, start some of these new businesses and you know one you might have seen it in in the press a while ago is you know um, a, a business that called called um, Intengo that we've started as a as a marketplace and you know to um, effectively disrupt ourselves and um, you know I think those are for me the type of businesses that we need to think about um, where can we invest where can we um, Kind of start up those businesses that could be, you know, market leaders into the future. So definitely something for me that as a CEO one needs to think about and as to how you're going to de deliver exponential growth to your shareholder. 
Emery Brown is the chief executive of Rand Merchant Bank, a 21-year-old, a 21-year vet. She's not a 21-year-old, um, almost. Uh, she's been at RMB for 21 years, 22 years this year, and in uh, October last year became chief executive of Rand Merchant Bank. More with her in a moment. I want to find out what she reads, what she does in her spare time. Is there such a thing as work-life balance when you become chief executive of an auspicious and venerable investment bank? Rich Mulholland saying... If you work really hard when you're young, you get to reap the rewards later. I wonder if it's true in the life of an investment bank CEO. You're with Bruce Whitfield on 702. Let's walk the talk. Oh, it's like karaoke. Uh, so, Emery Brown, the chief executive at RMB, do you believe in work-life balance? Is it something that is possible, achievable or even desirable in your view? Mm. Bruce, yeah, um, these days, you know, I prefer to refer to um, work-life integration rather than <laughs> balance. Um, if you talk about balance, it means that things are pulling in opposite directions. Um, and and work-life integration to me is, is important. You know, and I think it is absolutely possible if you put your mind to it and you decide that you are going to make it work. And, you know, we... We always say that, you know, we're intelligent, we can find solutions for our clients and be great at work. And for me, that is just, you know, another another um, um, opportunity to, to stretch yourself and really um, demonstrate to people in the broad organization how you can be have time for your family. I'm a mother of two boys, uh, time for your family and for work. And, and that you're present. You know, for me, it's a lot more about being present in the moment when I'm with my kids, when we go to the bush, when we go on holiday, I'm fully present with them and enjoy the experience. And when I'm at work, um, my family knows that I'm then fully invested in, in what I have to do there. So I think it is absolutely possible. One can just decide that you want to do it. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I saw on Twitter you'd posted pictures in 2014 of your boys. So they're getting quite grown up now. I mean, they must be teenagers. Um, and, uh, of course, that comes with all of its associated excitements and uh, and and, and um, they, they will be achieving great things and doing wonderful things. And so you do have to find the gaps. When you do clock off, do you clock off, clock off? Or is your smartphone sort of attached to your hip in case it buzzes with somebody needing something terribly important on Christmas morning or on, 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 a, on a kid's birthday or whatever the case might be? You know, uh, Bruce, I wish they were teenagers. Um, I had my kids late, so they um, the one's not even 10 yet. But, what? Um, I've okay. got a long, long road ahead. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, I do think that that um, comes with the role. I think, you, you know, you can't uh, switch off completely. Um, I, the, the reality, I think, with, as you get into more senior roles, I always say that the bad news drift up and it drifts up sometimes a little bit too fast. Um, so you need to be available for your teams. Um, but it is more for me that, you know, when you're in a conversation with your children, when you um, are with them, to not be typing uh, WhatsApp messages and just be there because that's what they yeah. want. They, you know, if they, if they can have half an hour, an hour of your time, it's the quality of the time you spend with them, yeah. not, not quantity. Are you a reader? Do you have time to read? Do you feel the the need to read beyond board um, packs and other boring things? As, 
I don't read as much as I would like to. Um, well, I read a lot of board packs and 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 exco packs. So um, I try and read a good book um, on holiday. A little bit of a mixture of of fiction and and something that can educate me a bit more for the times we find ourselves in 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 the business. Um, but yeah, I uh, I wish I could have more time to read. Uh, yeah, what's on your bedstead? What's on your bedstead? I mean, what is uh, what is there that is sort of occupying your thirteen seconds of free time uh, at the moment? Um, I'm actually reading the, uh, a book by, by uh, McKinsey about. Oh, that was spooky! That was spooky, Emery. You mentioned McKinsey, and you just disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you mentioned you're reading a book by McKinsey about what? <laughs> no, I would say there's a there's a book that uh, a couple of McKinsey partners recently brought out called CEO Excellence, where they did some studies around some of the best uh, CEOs in 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 the world. So it's a it's a fascinating, it's quite a, a good read just to see other CEOs what how they've approached these these roles. You know. I, the thing about these roles, you know, you can never be prepared for it. So I firmly believe in, in learning from others that have charted the course before you. Uh, yeah, and uh, they, I suppose the, the importance, people read sort of CEO books to be inspired because they want to be a CEO one day. But until you are actually in the cut and thrust of it, I mean, you just said earlier that, you know, everybody's terribly friendly and you've only been in the job for the last six months or so. Uh, and I suppose the, the true metal of a, t- a CEO and their team is tested when things get tough, when when people are being held to account for decisions that were made that aren't working out and things are getting a little bit hairy. Uh, the loneliness of the CEO is, is a theme that comes through very often in people I talk to, books I read about CEOs. You know, when you are the person who has to make the final call and it's going to affect the lives and livelihoods of people, that's when it gets real, I suspect. I don't know if that theme comes through in the McKinsey book. Um, yes, uh, interesting. The thing that comes through very strongly is your point around teams. That um, you know, you need to make sure that you've got the best people in in the various seats. And um, in actual fact, you know, they should they should even be better than you, um, because that's how you can uh, really um, leverage the power of. Of diverse thinking, and and you know, if you've got an exceptional team around you, I think it goes a long way in de- in determining the success or not of of a CEO. But yeah, as you say, at the end of the day, you know, for me, it's all about you know that collective wisdom. Uh, if there are tough decisions that has to be made, you know, to leverage your team, have conversations. But the reality is, the buck stops with you, and um, that definitely comes through in 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 that book and just to make sure that when you have to make those decisions you are in the best possible position to do that but also knowing that you know it it it, it can often go either way and you need to be up for for the outcomes and and be ready and prepared to deal with those as and when as an as in whichever way the cards might fall sure. how are you keeping teams motivated at the moment i mean south africa has always been a, a challenging place to live work and play 
Um, how are you sort of keeping people's mood up? Are you talking to them about the amount of money you could make in funding renewable energy solutions into the future? And while things are tough now, that's, you know, um, you stand to, to benefit hugely from the failure of ESCOM and other state institutions into the future. Or um, have you got something a little less cynical, I suppose, in terms of being able to say to people that, yeah, it's tough, it is tough, but uh, this is why we do what we do or whatever it is that you say to them? Yeah, so um, I do believe a key part of, of motivating your teams and inspiring them is, is to be authentic um, and to, you know, kind of you know, be, be vulnerable and, 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 and share people's feelings. You know, I do think to your point, I think that we um, find ourselves in, with some challenges um, in, in South Africa. But, um, you know, if you share with people how you feel about it, um, both that you are concerned, but also that you are optimistic. I mean, I, I love South Africa. I think it's the most amazing country. And um, I believe that as a bank, we are in a fortunate position or as a financial institution that we can play a, a meaningful role in, in you know, um, uh, delivering economic growth in South Africa. And for me, it's about that balance when you speak to your people. Acknowledge the challenges that we face, but... Um, uh, inspire them that we have the ability as given the organization that we work for that we can have a positive real world impact and be part of the solution in 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 south africa do you allow the founders back in or they're allowed to come in for tea occasionally and sit in the room named after them the gt room or the lorry room or the paul room up in the roof uh, of the of the big blue building or are they kind of are they completely out of it nowadays um no, we do still um, deal with them, um, sometimes more as, as clients, and, and we really appreciate still um, that the business that we do with them, but, you know, we, we value them. They, to your point, it's always been in a unique organization. They played, you know, a massive part in, in starting the business, but also shaping it over many years, and, you know, they, they are active in society so one bumps into them at, at client events and over the weekend we've got a wonderful event in in in, in um somerset west and the founders will be there and it is wonderful to to have a conversation with them and see how much they still care about the business so many years later yeah no there's a huge legacy there emery brown thank you for making time for us this evening chief executive at rmb been in that job for uh, since the first of october last year Finding balance, finding integration, that's what it's called. Work-life integration. Uh, you don't have balance, you have integration. We'll uh, introduce, uh, we'll introduce uh, Richmond Holland to that idea uh, and talk to him about that at some point in the future, no doubt. But for now, Emery Brown, thank you.